I get asked all the time now what I love about travel or what I miss about travel. There's a lot, so I'll start with this realization. When traveling, I start another day where everything will be new. I get to live days that will not be repeated once again. Salvador, Brazil, in the state of Bahia, is a place where I recently felt very free, wandering the cobbled streets of the Pelourinho and trying to learn as much about the Afro-Brazilian culture was only a couple of weeks ago, but now seems like another world. I didn't know what I was going to find there, but I did find happiness, good vibes, welcoming people, interesting architecture, and great food. If you are planning your post-COVID-19 travels, I highly recommend. Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and today I am here with Angel Castellanos. Angel is a passionate world traveler, freelance travel writer, content producer, and nationally recognized speaker dedicated to helping people travel smart, well, and often. Traveling to over 80 countries on five continents and counting, Angel travels 12 to 14 weeks internationally each year and draws on his experience and frequent travels to teach smart travel and equip travelers with the skills they need to make travel easy and enjoyable. Angel is a multimedia travel personality and travel expert that has appeared in Los Angeles Times, Fox News, CBS, ABC, Univision, Frommers Radio, USA Today and Travel, and Adventure Show, and New York Times Travel Show. Angel is also the executive producer and host of the travel adventure TV show, Hotspots, debuting in Europe and Asia in late 2021. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to get to know you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy we're connected and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Okay, I just found out that you're actually like 15 minutes away from me in Pasadena and that's your home base. So that makes me very excited. I know what, what a small world. I mean, we're just so connected, right? Where like I could, I could maybe throw a baseball and hit you or something. I know. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to Pasadena today. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, we might have to like meet up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. In real life. Right. Yeah. In real life. And I just got my, uh, my vaccine yesterday, my first dose. Yay. So no way. I got my first dose on Tuesday, just a couple of days ago. This is yes. like amazing. I love hearing when young people get it. I, I have a crazy story of how I got it. I actually was a, a leftover person. So my local pharmacy called me and then said, hey, can you come down? And I was there in like 10 minutes and they were so grateful that I was helping them out. But I was like, dude, you guys are saving my life. What are you talking about? Like, I'm happy to take this vaccine. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, they have a ton of leftover vaccines because people don't show up to their appointments. So then yeah. as a result, like people have to use them before they yeah. go bad, which is great. Um, for me, it was because I have clients in the food industry and I work right oh, I uh, shooting food. <laughs> right, right. So, they allowed me to to come in, but I was like, yes. Did you get Pfizer or Moderna? I got Moderna, and I feel like that question is going to be the new uh, question at, at bars. Hey, vaccinated, <laughs> which one did you get? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, but I'm I not eligible, so I was happy to get it. Yeah. yeah, I saw this meme this morning, and it was like some. It was like a picture of a guy like whispering to a girl. He's like Pfizer or Moderna. <laughs> so right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, I'm glad because soon we'll get to like give each other a, a, a hug, like for real. 
yeah, yeah. Get to travel. Nice. Talk about that excerpt that you read in the beginning. What is that? How, why did you write that? What does that mean to you? And and what made you? What inspired you to write that? Yeah, well, I had been in Brazil right at the outbreak of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and you know that was a retrospective post as we were getting deeper and deeper into COVID nineteen uh, later in that month. And I think I was just feeling um, not only a little melancholy, but also trying to still hold on to the, those values that I hold dear and still trying to like get into the lessons that I learned from that trip, you know, and, and still trying to to dig something from that trip, knowing that, it, it, you know, things were shutting down and, and I wasn't going to travel anytime soon. What was that transition for you? You travel so often. I know I've had my own journey, but I'm, I want to know about yours. Like, how was that coming to the realization? You know, just like we were stuck here, you in Pasadena, me and Glendale. Yeah. And, and, you know, our area is like the hotspot of not only the country, but kind of like the world. Right. So we were really in it and I didn't really realize how it was affecting my mental health until I traveled to Mexico that summer. And it was like a huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. Not only was I doing something that I love, but I was helping contribute to the local economies. I was, I was just seeing the world from a different perspective, which is always what I want to do when I travel, but it was really evident on that trip because the world was kind of going through this, the same thing all at the same time. And that's what was so weird about it, right? Like there's not one person in the world, especially at the height of it. Like yeah, yeah. summer of last year, I was like, everyone yeah. feels the same exact way. And it's the first time ever that it doesn't matter if you're like in the corner of Timbuktu, you know, right? Yeah. Or where we are, which is like a main one of the main hubs in the United States. Like we were all going through the same thing. We we're all feeling the same fears. Like it's so strange because I don't think that's ever happened in such a global way. Like, you know, it really hasn't. And I'm glad you're bringing this up because the last time there was a worldwide, you know, pandemic like this that affected so many people and had so many deaths, the Spanish flu, you know people weren't flying on airplanes. The world was not as connected. There was no internet. So um, we didn't really quite connect in the, in the same way that we are now. Everyone that I knew, my, my guides on the Himalayas, like they were, we were messaging each other on Facebook because we're all at home. And yeah, like, your WhatsApp, I'm sure was blowing up, right? Right. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. So yeah. it's like, so strange. Like he's usually like hiking around, you know, Mount Everest and stuff. And then he was like messaging me, like I'm stuck at home. And I'm like, me too. Like, what are you doing? Like baking bread. He's like, I'm making, you know, doll. I was like, wow. <laughs> It feels so weird. So what a strange moment in time. I don't know if we'll ever have something like that ever again. Oh, no. God willing, we won't. I mean, I hope yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. God, I hope not. Um, but there's some, there's, we it's weird because there were some like good things about it too. Like you, 
you know, I try to look at everything from like a like meeting people like you and getting connected and, and staying connected with travel industry friends. I thought we created stronger bonds because we knew exactly what we were going through. All of our businesses were kind of going through the same thing. And we were part of the biggest industry that was affected by the pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah. And also just like appreciating the relationships that you have with other people. I don't think we appreciate it as, as much, you know, like hugging somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The human connection, I think, um, you know, it's still kind of missing from my travel. So I've traveled throughout the pandemic and that is something that I had focused on, you know, more and more over the years. And I felt like it, it's still lacking because, you know, we're all trying to be safe and it's a little awkward and you don't want to endanger local people. And it's like, they're, they're scared. You're scared. So it's still that, that, you know, you know, doing the double kiss in, in Europe probably isn't going to happen like anytime soon. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. The double kiss, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so weird just to think that that's not a thing. Like all of it's weird. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to be, yeah a long time before it all kind of shifts back. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you have to wear like a thing like I'm vaccinated. Like you can hug me. <laughs> yeah, maybe, 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 maybe like a little pin. Right. I'm, I'm okay. You can totally hug me. <laughs> 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 okay. So the relationships, that's so, it's such a thing that you end up doing when you're traveling, create these all awesome relationships, but I'm, I'm sure that's one of your reasons, but what does travel mean to you? So travel means um, living fully, and it means being connected to all of your senses, and it's laughing in other languages, and it's just um, learning about yourself and the world and people. That's, that's what travel means to me. I love that. I love that answer. Yeah. Where did I, and it's taken me a long time to realize that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I was the dude, you know, 19 years old, chugging beer in the Hofbrau house in Germany, partying in Ibiza, you know, like, so it, it's travel is personal though. I mean, I, I don't knock the way anyone travels or their style of travel, but I do ask people to find their own unknown and their own meaning, whatever it means to them. I love that. Okay, so where did this come from? Where did this passion for travel come from? Was it from your parents, your family, or did you just decide one day, like, I want to go see the world? Like, when did, where did that transition go from, like, I'm traveling maybe once a year, maybe never, and then to, like, yeah. travel all the flipping time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, when you come from a family of immigrants, you, you have a passport at a young age, right? But because I have, I come from a big family, I have five brothers and I didn't get to travel. Um, you know, my parents couldn't take all of us on vacations and stuff like that. So they traveled. So we would get these postcards, you know, from my parents. So they, they really kind of stoked this wanderlust. There's always like National Geographic magazines. My mom still talks about National Geographic magazine, like it's her like favorite thing in the world. And so my parents really kind of instilled this wanderlust. So uh, when um, I was very young, my parents took me on this pretty incredible trip throughout Latin America and the Caribbean. And of course, I was 13. I hated it at the time. But I didn't realize the effects of that trip until I studied abroad in college. 
because then I really felt like in my element, I was the dude like leading all of his friends on the train, you know, planning these great like weekend trips and, you know, trips throughout Europe. Even when we finished studying, you know, we would travel even more throughout Europe. And I, I felt like I was in my element. So after I graduated, I, I just wanted to make a business out of it and continue to have travel be like the central focus of my life. I knew that like that was my PhD in life was my travels. That was like the biggest education I got. And so I talked to my dad, we formed a business plan and um, it's, it's been work, work ever since, but, but I love it. And I love sharing my passion for people. And it's always been centered around sharing my tips and how to travel better and smarter and encouraging people to, to get out there because I truly believe that travel has incredible uh, benefits for anyone. So that, that's how it all kind of came about. So that's, that's the story. You're known as like a travel expert and you've been on all these news channels and use all these commentaries. Like how did, how did that come to be? Like how, how what is your, what is your career in travel? So I do a lot of things, you know, the main question um, I wanted to answer from my dad is how is the money going to come in? <laughs> what are your streams of revenue? You know, when you're forming a business plan, you have to know how money is coming in and how money is going out. So my, my biggest um, attachment was to people who had money, meaning big travel brands. I wanted to work with them. I wanted to consult with them. I wanted to be their ambassador. I actually named my company Travel Ambassador for that reason. And you know, it really just all started from there. And I think the main pillar was always to travel. So the more I traveled, the more experience I gained. And I was able to leverage that expertise to make money and to, you know, give good sound advice. Tell me about your company. What do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, it's a sales and marketing agency. Uh, we do a variety of different things in terms of consulting with big travel brands, kind of making a, a marketing plan, uh, branding. I do a lot of public speaking. In 2019, I gave over 100 travel talks, including like the New York Times travel show. Yeah. So sometimes what? I get, yeah, yeah. So I would speak to people and like, anything from like having adventures to packing classes to like all these different things, I would just give like, you know, 40 minute like talks, or sometimes I'd give like a happy hour talk where there'd be wine and cheese. And I would speak for like 20 minutes and, and I would add an event. So I started to get hired a lot by not only um, brands to do this on their behalf, but also major like, like uh, conventions and then private companies like law firms and and businesses would hire me to, to be their like travel speaker or whatever. And so that became a really great uh, stream of revenue as well. In, in addition to being a brand ambassador for like, you know, a luggage brand, a water bottle brand, a clothing brand, you know, you, you have all your brands that you work with. And yeah, so that's what I do. Yes, and right. of course, the freelance travel writing, you know, that actually has taken off more during the pandemic. And um, yeah, I have a couple of like steady writing gigs that I write for in addition to my own websites. And of course, just like every other blogger, I, I have affiliate links on my website and there's a little bit of revenue there as well. Wow, that is so amazing. Like I <laughs> didn't know this about you. Like I knew, like I started researching you a little bit and then 
And I didn't know that you do all of this. So I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Did you ever have any fears when you started? By the way, you talk amazingly, like you're so well-spoken. So that completely makes sense why you go and do these, you know, speaking events and it just makes absolute sense because you, you form your sentences succinct and you're, you're just, you're very, very good at that. So it makes sense. Yeah, that's a huge compliment for me because English is not my first language. What? So sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes like I get like totally confused and my, you know, like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sometimes I say things like backwards or like in a British way and people are like, what? <laughs> It doesn't sound like that at all. You're really, really well-spoken. And that's oh, the thing you. that I noticed about you right when we started. I was like, wow, he's really well-spoken. He's, you know, he's just, you're great. It makes Thank sense. Thank you so much. It doesn't make any sense that this is your second language. It's <laughs> <laughs> my third. What? <laughs> Wait, yeah. how, what's your first language? What's your second language? <laughs> there's, there's kind of like, you know, Spanish, Italian, English. Wow, that is yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning so much. That is awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're, you're Filipino, so maybe you speak like Spanish, Tagalog, and English. You know, I speak Tagalog. That's my first language, and English. Okay. So, see, I would yeah, love to learn Spanish, but for some reason, like you know, and I know some Spanish words, obviously, because Tagalog yeah, is yeah. Spanish words. But you know, I still I still have to go down that road of learning Spanish. I would love to, though. That's something that you should. I, would love to do just because I love to travel to Spanish speaking countries in Latin. Yeah, do it. Do it. Spend more time there and you'll get the hang of it real quick. <sighs> that's what I, I want to do. That's I definitely want to do that. <laughs> that's actually one of the things I really admire about you. You do a lot of slow travel. So that's that's pretty yeah. I, I definitely love that because in my younger traveling years like college and post-college, um I was you know, a consumer, so to speak, I would actually try to see as I would go hard, I would just see as much as I could eat as much as I could drink as much as I could. And eventually, there came a, you know, a tragedy in my life where my brother suddenly passed away. And I was still in my early mid 20s, I decided to take a solo trip for the first time, I'd usually traveled with my friends or a buddy, but I'd never been to Europe completely solo. So um, I decided to go from Berlin to Athens completely overland. And that trip dramatically changed my life. So I really learned the value of staying close to the ground, not jumping around so much, just doing a little bit of a deep dive into where I was presented me with a little bit more of a well-rounded experience. And I came home with a little bit more appreciation, but also took time you know, for myself you know, and I encourage people to do that all the time. You know, that's the trip so many years ago that I learned, you know, the day zero theory is when you take the first day that you arrive at a city and you're really doing things to orient yourself or some small travel chores. And then the following day is when you hit the ground running and do your sightseeing or, or whatever it is you want to do. But when it comes to slow travel, I'm definitely an advocate of that because it just opens the door a little bit more, in my opinion, not only to yourself, but to the local culture. Can you explain what slow travel is? If anybody's listening and they've never heard the phrase slow travel, what does it mean? 
So it means taking the time to explore a little bit deeper and not jumping around so much from one destination to another and limiting the amount of air travel that you're doing. Sometimes it might seem like jumping on a plane is a whole lot easier, but you're really cutting out a huge section of the population and of the country when you do that. And when you're on the ground, I think, you know, we, we practice this in yoga, right? We're, we're a little bit more tied to the earth and, and things just start to fall into place a little bit more. And of course, nobody complains about cutting the stress out of the airport, right? <laughs> it's very true. It's very so true. more days in one place on the ground. What is a typical amount of days that you stay when, you, when your purpose is slow travel? So in a big city, I like to stay no less than uh, like five days. So when I go back to Paris, so every year of my adult life, I've been to Paris except for 2020. And uh, I usually like to stay no less than five days. Um, you know, when we're talking about Europe, you know, any major city in the world, I think five days is, is a good amount to get in, get over jet lag, you know, get oriented, have some time to relax and do sightseeing and then move on from that, that time. You know, my, my best slow travel trip was from Beijing to London on the train. That's crazy and also amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I did stop along the way. So it wasn't like I was on the train the whole time. Wow. Like I did a like I did a horse trek in Mongolia. You That's know. on my list. I want to do oh. that. Oh, gosh. I would recommend that to, to anyone. And, and growing up in Southern California, I love horses, but just the landscape is, is so it is the place where I love to use the word epic. I know that that word is like overused these days. But honestly, it's like there's so much history and it's vast and it's beautiful and and I just loved it and um, crossing all of Russia, you know, you just you just get a better understanding of a country when you spend more time on the ground. You, you see the geography, you see the the different types of people, you encounter different people, and so I stopped kind of along the way in Siberia, Moscow, Saint Petersburg, Poland, you know, Germany, so on and so forth. That is so amazing. How long did that trip take? Uh, I did it in about seven weeks. Wow, that is so cool. You can do it a lot, a lot quicker, but I decided again to, to get off and, and sort of enjoy myself, you know, in, in different areas. I was going to say why seven weeks is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's like, that's great. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Holy moly. I've never heard of anybody going that distance. So that is you know, the, the real trip, to be honest, is from London to Beijing and continuing down into uh, past Kuala Lumpur. You can do that. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go down through Vietnam, down through Cambodia. There's a little part where you have to take a bus in Cambodia, but then you get back on uh, the train in um, Bangkok to Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur to, to Singapore. Oh, my God. How do you pack? <laughs> what do I'm, you pack? I'm, I'm carry on life. I go carry on. But I'm a dude, so like I have no credibility, <laughs> you know, with you anyone. 
<laughs> right. And I'm not like, you know, one of those Instagrammers who brings like, you right. know, 15 dresses for like, you know, to take a million pictures. I mean, my, um, I will say I do cheat a little bit because all of my tech and you know this from being a content creator yourself, like, you know, your tripod, your drone, your camera, your lenses, your GoPros, all of the stuff that goes with all those things just takes up like a pretty big backpack. That's what I was going to say, because just gear alone, like I have yeah, a yeah. backpack. And if let's say I'm getting hired to do something, I got a backpack yeah. and a carry on. Like, right. that's, oh, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. But my so, clothes are only carry on. Like like a little Yeah. How much do you pack? Like give me a rundown of what's in your what's uh, so <laughs> what is- I only I, I pack for for two weeks, no matter how long I'm go- I'm going. Okay. And for me, the secret is to do laundry along the way. Okay. Like um, you know, I, I have quick drying stuff uh and I'm a big believer in layering. Um so you know, like if you can't see me in the podcast, but maybe like a wool t-shirt, a long sleeve t-shirt, a fleece, you know, like a rain slicker. So I'm a big believer in like peeling like an onion if you are hot and then piling it on when you're cold. So I, I, I'm also a folder and roller and big believer in packing cubes. Okay. Packing cubes. These are some tips. And I also believe in traveling in layers, especially when I'm going to cold countries because like whenever I climb mountains, it's just very, very different, yeah, you know? Exactly. I'm, I'm a Southern Californian. If it dips below 70, I start to get cold. Right, so, exactly. And I think the biggest tip for a lot of people is maximizing the outfits that they have. So if you have two tops and two bottoms, ideally that should be four outfits, right? Because if you're mixing and matching, you're really kind of making the most outfits of what you have. So three tops and three bottoms should be nine outfits, four tops, you know, you just go that way and you're like, okay, I'm really maximizing each garment that I have. There you have it. <laughs> That's some good tips. For sure. <laughs> okay. So to go back to my, my question, did you have any fears when you first started this travel journey, travel company? Um, no, I, I, I didn't because I was just young and ambitious and, um, full of energy. And the thing is, is I was always, and maybe a lot of people can relate to this culturally. I I just felt like I, I would always be ashamed to, to fail, like to my parents or to myself, both in the like business side of things and for travel, like if you come home, if you're like Italian or Hispanic or Latino, if you come home and say, yo, dad, I got pickpocketed. I mean, you're never going to live down that shame. That, that is something you like you never want to say to your parents because, you know, they're already skeptical of this lifestyle that you're choosing and going out there. So they would like totally blame you no matter what happened. Right. So I, I just was always like that dude, I, I still, you know, over 80 countries, I've never been pickpocketed. And in the business, on the business side of things, you know, I knew that it, it had to be a success in order for me to continue traveling. I knew I didn't want to be tied down like a tip, you know, the typical American vacation is two weeks. You know, most people only get two weeks vacation, no matter how good their job is. And I knew I didn't want that for myself. And the only way to kind of make the life you want is to, to be your own boss. And, and I knew that that 
business had to be sustainable in order for me to continue and continue. Yeah, uh, definitely with the the cultural thing where like you can't yeah. fail at this, okay? You will get made yeah. fun of. <laughs> it will be brought yeah. up. We will tell you don't go again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. With that said, have you ever run into any challenges traveling? Like, have you ever, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean pickpocketing, but have you, what are your biggest challenges that you faced? So I do a ton of research before my trips. I'm a little, because my parents were old school, I'm, I'm still old school in that mentality of like, still getting like a Lonely Planet guidebook, still reading tons of blogs, like just doing a ton of research that way. I mean, my Google Maps is always like pre-bookmarked with everything. And I just like to have as much information as possible before I leave. That way I'm a little bit more nimble when I go. And the challenge during the pandemic has, has been regaining that human connection. And I, I failed miserably at that. And I, I you know, kind of express that to you. But I think the connection um, has always been a thing with me. And, you know, the challenge has always been to travel sustainably and continue to leave less damage and, and help the environment as much as I can. Um, but things go wrong all the time. And I think we have to have the mentality that travel is not perfect. We have to be flexible. Like, okay, last, last fall in Turkey, during the pandemic, I went to Turkey. Um, I decided to change my trip up at the very last minute and like fly in a couple of days early. I had forgotten that I had pre-booked my visa for Turkey online. So I did the e-visa thing, which is totally great, totally easy. I've been to Turkey before, other countries with e-visa, no problem. Of course, the wrong date was on the visa. Yeah. So, you know, that presented like a little bit of an embarrassing situation and I had to go get a new visa, you know. You know, 30 minutes later, everything was was fine, but it's, you know, that lack of attention to detail that that, that got me that time. Um, I, I've been part of a, a, a riot uh, in Marseille, and that was like, kind of crazy in, in the south of France. Um, I've seen like a point blank, you know, I'm, I'm from Southern California, I'm from LA, so like I'm no stranger, even though I live in Pasadena, I'm no stranger to like violence. I think I can handle myself. I'm six foot tall, you know. I I I'm, I don't look like a dude you maybe want to pick on, but uh, there was a straight up like um, point blank mugging in Rio de Janeiro, like with a gun, you know, just a couple of feet away from me, and I I have never run so fast in my life, never ever. I was running literally for my life because I thought somebody was gonna you know, kill me with, with their gun. Um, so, so things like that can, can definitely um, happen. I've had to bribe my way out of Egypt and that's always, uh, and I've had to do that like kind of twice, to be honest, uh, because the first time I went to Egypt and I went to Egypt twice in 11 months. Okay. So the first time I was coming home from Egypt, I was flying to Jordan and the, I was the only Westerner on this flight. And uh, they pulled me out of line because this, there's a security checkpoint at the gate. They pulled me out of line. They were checking all my stuff. And of course, I have, you know, the GoPros and the cameras and all these things. And then they want to take me to a different room and more and more army dudes. And in Egypt, everything is, is that run by the army. All these army guys started to show up. They wanted to take me to a separate room. And that's when I knew 
things would go really, really bad if I was completely separated and brought out of the gate area. So what I did is what I learned, you know, when I was a kid with my dad traveling through Latin America, did a little backsheesh, which is, you know, a little bit of a bribe, a little bit of a tip, you know, kind of just gave him some cash and said, you know what, I really have to go. Um, I appreciate your time. I was super, super nice, super respectful and just handed them all, you know, probably the equivalent, you know, between all of them, maybe, you know, 40 bucks and just walked away from that situation and just did not look back. And I look, I just walked away very confidently. The second time I was in Egypt. Like, uh, wait, so you just, like, <laughs> you just said, thank you so much for your time. I really have to go. And then you just like slid them like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't slide them. I, I made it very obvious. Like I, I shook all of their hands with the money in my hands. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I really appreciate your time. Like this was just a clear business transaction to me. And I just did an about face, took my stuff and just walked uh, to uh, where they were checking boarding passes and walked onto the, onto the flight. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I would have been scared shitless. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta you gotta keep your cool in those situations and breathe and like oh just remain calm. God. <laughs> and the second time was kind of crazy too because my hotel. So I decided for a crazy reason to stay in Giza instead of Cairo because I wanted to. Uh, this hotel overlooked the pyramids, so I wanted to see the pyramids at sunset. I wanted to get like the you know the time lapse of the sun rising over the pyramids, all this, all this content that I wanted to create. So this hotel was kind of old school. They still wrote like paper receipts for their restaurant and bar and stuff like that. You know, we, we settled our bill with the waiter uh, every night, but when it came time to check out, they had no record of course, of all these tabs that we had paid. So they wanted to charge us again for all these meals and, you know, a bit, a big argument kind of ensued. And so I said, you know what, I, I have my proof. I'm not paying anything. You know, you have to call your manager. So as the dude was calling his manager, my car was waiting for me at the time. And this was early in the morning. I'm talking like 5.30, like five o'clock in the morning or something like that. So there was like, you know, the night shift person was, was on duty. So I just literally, I got in my car. I, I threw a bunch of cash at my driver. I said, drive as fast as you can to the airport. And he had to pull out of the driveway. So he pulls out of the driveway, like does a quick like, and then like speeds away. And my heart was beating so fast on the way to the airport because I was like, what if they called the airport police, you know, and now I'm not going to make my flight. So I, I didn't rest easy until I was on the plane. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, when I go to Egypt one day, I'll make sure to take pictures of all my receipts and all yes. 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 Oh my gosh. You've had some like crazy stuff. I've had a Chinese spy on the, on the train before. Yeah. Just crazy <laughs> things. Yeah. <laughs> you got to write a travel book. Like you got to write like, the yeah, angel. yeah, definitely. <laughs> you should, you totally should. <laughs> so <laughs> with all of this, what is the most valuable thing you've learned while traveling? Um, time and money are everything when you're traveling, the more time you have and the more money you have, it can make things a whole lot easier. Um, and people make travel special wherever you are, no matter where you are, 
they will make the difference between, you know, a nice vacation or freaking awesome trip. It's that person that you met wherever you are that not only teaches you about their life and their culture, but more importantly, gives you perspective. Perspective is what I'm after when I'm traveling. And you only learn that by walking in someone else's shoes for a little bit. That was a beautiful answer. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about traveling with a purpose and your evolution of travel. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? It's like, are you familiar with Laszlo's like hierarchy of like how, how we evolve as people? I think my travels ha have done that. And I didn't know that that would happen. You know, when, like I mentioned earlier, when I was younger, it was all about going to all of the museums, the best museums, drinking beer in like the best beer places, the best cocktail bars, you know, the best parties, you know, in Thailand, Ibiza, like that sort of stuff. And there just, there just came over time this shift in mentality to things that were a little bit more important for me. And that only came about the slower I traveled and the more I traveled and the more I traveled to off the beaten destinations. So like 2019 was an incredible travel year for me because I really focused on destinations that don't get a lot of love in the tourism world. So I was going to Laos. You know, I did go to back to Egypt. I went to the Philippines, but not to like Palawan and El Nido. I went to Shirgao, you know, so I concentrated on, on, on different things. To me, what's important is not only that perspective, but now that I've seen more of the world, I appreciate the environment and sustainability and just making a difference in, in that way. So now I'm totally focused on you know, ecotourism and eco-healing and sustainability. It's not so much about my own personal development, even though I'm, I'm open to that. Uh, it, it's more about what I'm doing for the world now. And what do you mean by that with ecotourism and sustainability? And Well, using, using you know, natural elements um, to sort of he heal yourself, but getting outdoors a bit more. You know, we learned this valuable lesson during the pandemic that, you know, the outdoor adventures are really great and awesome and, and they have a purpose and they definitely help us in so many ways. So now I'm focused on not only doing those things, but showing people how to have wonderful outdoor activities without hurting the environment or having vacations and traveling in a way that is sustainable and maybe partnering with, with sustainable properties or doing volunteer activities. You know, so that, that's what my focus is, has drifted to now. That's awesome. That's literally how I like to travel. As you can tell, if you look at my Instagram, it's all like outdoor travel, adventure travel. And then when I travel, I usually either do a documentary on, you know, an, a woman out there that I admire or I do volunteer work. So it's like awesome. See, the best, it's the best. Like you learn so much about the culture and then a lot about yourself. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Every time I go out there, it's just like, I grow as a person and I love that about that kind of travel. So it's like Costa Rica was, was so good for me um, because it's 
like the most biodiverse place in the world. There's so many, you know, outdoor adventure um, opportunities, but so many different properties are sustainable. And, you know, you just feel good about staying at these properties that aren't using single use plastics, that are recycling their food to local farmers, that are employing local people. I mean, there's so many things that can be done throughout the world and they're just small little changes. It's not, it's, it's not like a huge effort. Um, and yeah, I, I just really kind of fell in love with their efforts there. And um, I, I definitely want to continue that. I feel like every small effort that somebody does becomes a big effort. So it's like, you know, all those little things equal bigger things in the long run. So I think that's a, those are big things, you know? Yeah. And I met, I met women like you who during the pandemic, they had a food bank for the local population Nice. and, you know, they transitioned that, that eventually became like super costly over time. So they transitioned that into a community garden. I visited the garden, volunteered and learned just what they're doing. And it's like, you know, a whole nother operation. So they started with, with one effort and then moved it on to an even more sustainable thing, you know, growing your own food and teaching sustainable farming methods and all these things. And I was just like completely blown away by not only their love for their neighbor, but also the fact that they just want to keep going. They just want to keep, keep this effort going. I love that. Yeah. I can't wait to read more about that. I know you're going to write, write that up somewhere. Oh yeah. Get that more. So I, I can't wait. Oh yeah. Okay. So what is your most fulfilling or favorite moment during your travels? My most fulfilling moment is typically when I'm laughing over a good meal with people that I've met. That I think always lives with me. Like I was thinking this morning of some of the best meals I've had have been abroad, but they've been with uh, really great friends abroad as well. Those are the best things. And I think, yeah, you've said it before, like your connections with people and that that stays with you uh yeah either local people or your friends but travel is definitely does that for people you and know? you know like 10 years ago I might have said you know oh you know seeing seeing Michelangelo's David in person you know like that that might you know something like that might have been my answer but now it's definitely changed to what, what I said yeah and I think the pandemic probably <laughs> <laughs> probably you know again like makes you realize how important those connections are yeah for sure tell me your most meaningful person you've ever met the most meaningful person um i've ever met in my travels yeah well i, I would say they're my best friends in europe now it would be my friends annabelle and nick so I went to uh, Bruges, Amsterdam, like Ireland with, with my college friends. And one of my college friends, Sarah, said, hey, um, uh, is it okay if my European cousins join us in Bruges? You know, I, I haven't seen them since I was a little kid. It'd, it'd be great to meet them. And so they spent this, this whole time with us in, in Bruges. And we became like, I became fast friends with this couple. They're a couple of years older than me and they, they, they have kids and stuff. And um, 
when I was in college, a lot of my friends went with Sarah down to their house in this in in Lyon. And I didn't go on that trip because our friend group like split into two. So some of us, you know, went to Amsterdam and then the, the other half like went to go visit Sarah's relatives in France. And this was the first time that I was meeting them. We became fast friends and I have literally visited them in Europe every single year. They flew out for my wedding when I got married. And um, yeah, we're, we're fast friends. Actually, today I had a memory on Facebook pop up with them. We were celebrating their anniversary in Vienna randomly one year. And I just posted uh, that memory. So uh, they're honestly like my best friends in Europe. And I'm, I'm grateful for that trip, but for that connection, because they're, they're great people. And they in turn have introduced me to awesome people as well. Like one year I was with them and it was somebody's like 50th. Uh, birthday party and you know in the countryside in France they really know how to throw it down really? uh, they the, oh you, oh are you kidding me the food is off the hook <laughs> they roasted they roasted like a pig like lechon style like it was like am amazing I was like are you kidding me I mean this was like a homemade little spit with like a bicycle chain and then all once the the pig was roasted like all these dudes gathered around this this pig they were carving it and this one guy busted out a saxophone he was playing his saxophone what? as as all the guys were like carving up the pig for the party oh man the wine was great it was just oh so much fun God. so, so yeah fun. yeah yeah I can't imagine like being out there countryside saxophone like hell yeah yeah and some of my my really good travel memories in France are now associated with with those friends because they they live there part-time they also live in England uh well, they live in France full time. They live in England part of the time. So I did spend one Christmas with them in England as well because uh, Blair and I were somewhat homeless. Time we were living in London and had and she had just finished her finals um, in in law school in London. And we were like, all right, let's give up the apartment and like travel around before heading back home to America. And they kind of had pity on us because we didn't have a place to to stay for Christmas. So they invited us to their house. Oh. And, and, on the Isle of Wight for Christmas. And that was just phenomenal. That's amazing. I love meeting people that kind of just stay with you. Sometimes yeah, we call them family now, like friends yeah. who become family. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of times when I ask this question, people have, and they're, they're amazing connections too, but a lot of people have this like one moment with this person that's special, but it's like so nice. Like you met these people and now they're like family to you. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so favorite place that you've explored? Oh, that's always a tough one for people like us because <laughs> I, I like to say the place where I've been recently. Now, I, some, I, I just recently posted, reposted something that my friend tweeted out about how you can't like every place. And usually people who like everywhere, you know, probably haven't been to that many places. And so I said, you know, go ahead and ask me about Marseille or Ulaanbaatar or Arkansas, you know, I, I'm not a fan of those places. Um, no offense to any of the people from there, but just, I didn't have the best time. Uh, but Costa Rica recently, again, I thought was just firing on all cylinders, to be honest. Um, even though it was empty, which I like and I don't like, um, because I do like to interact with people, but I don't like the kind of ugly American attitude that is pervasive in countries like Costa Rica, where they take the culture for granted and just think that they're 
they have the right to anything. You know, I, I don't agree with that. But as a destination, there's beaches, there's outdoor adventures, there's different climates, whether you like cl- rainforests, jungles, you know, dry, uh, it, it's, it's all there. Um, and I think that um, their efforts on sustainability just, you know, moved it to one of the top of, of my list. But um, so I'm going to say Costa Rica right now. Until I go to the Dominican Republic next month. <laughs> what? You're going to the ER? Ah, yeah. So exciting. Yeah. Tips and tricks for going to Costa Rica. Favorite places or whatever uh, valuable advice you have. So I, I did the standard gringo loop. So I flew into San Jose, then went up to Arenal and stayed in La Fortuna, um, which is right at the base of the Arenal volcano. Um, so lots of hikes and, you know, jungle views and all that sort of stuff. And then I went over to Guanacaste and I chose a small little place called Playa Avellanas. And that is just south of like Tamarindo. Beautiful, wide beaches, just really great people. Uh, then I went further south in the Nicoya Peninsula to Samara. And that was like, uh, you know, a place where you go to a healer, yoga, you know, like to- total hippie vibes. You walk into a cafe and everything's like organic and really great smoothies and like poke bowls and that sort of thing. Uh, and then from there, I went to Monteverde, which is the highlands, the mountains. Um, and that was a nice break from all that beach fun that I was having on the, on the Guanacaste and Nicoya coast. And then from there, I went to Manuel Antonio, which uh, just is, will knock anybody's socks off because, uh, as I wrote today in my Instagram post, it's a microcosm of Costa Rica. Chill beach vibes. There's a national park right there. So uh, the people, the tourist infrastructure there just is so, so good. And the hotels are very, very unique architecturally, I found. Um, so, so, yeah. So that was my route. And then I went back to, got my COVID test in Kepos and then went back to San Jose and flew home. Nice. Nice. I, I did a similar loop. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the standard gringo loop. I call yeah, it. it totally is. Like it's so amazing. It was so beautiful there. All the jungles and, and just the waterfalls and, and just the culture, you know, the eco-friendly culture was very surprising to me. I didn't know. I kind of just like, booked a ticket and I was like, I'm going to Costa Rica. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they really do care about the environment and they encourage visitors to care. And you just are, are in this like common movement to, to do the right thing for the environment. Yeah. I was impressed with the wildlife sanctuaries that were yeah. attached to a lot of properties, you know? So I was like, okay, what's the, what's the business angle here? You guys get a tax break. Like what's the deal? But it, it's just a matter of working with the government agency in charge of all of the animals. And, you know, what I learned is this one property uh, was closed for eight months, but they still had to feed and take care of all the animals and stuff. So they had this like huge sign up, even though their employees were pretty much all laid off. They had a skeleton crew. People who were technically laid off would come in and do their shift of feeding and cleaning the animals and stuff like that. And I thought, wow, that is that is uh, a testament to like the character of these people. Yeah, because it's more than just yourself. They're there because they love the job. They care about these animals. It's more than just a job. Tips and tricks 
to do what you do. Like maybe there's a young angel out there that's like, I want to be just like him. Uh-huh. <laughs> wants to, you know, start a company, do your thing, like speak uh, as a as a travel expert. Like how 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 do you do what you do? I, I would definitely start with forming a business plan. And if you don't know how to write a proper business plan, you know, that's that's really the first step. I would, you know, get some books on how to formulate your business plan. And travel uh, needs to be at the core of your business. So you can't stop traveling. No matter how you formulate your business plan, travel is the key because once you stop traveling, you become you don't become the expert anymore. It's it's whoever took the latest trip. So that's that's what I would say. And then leverage whatever your strong skills are, you know, whether it's speaking, whether it's photography, video, if you're a creative person, you know, you have a lot to choose from. But I would say leverage your three strongest uh, skills and integrate those into your business plan for sure. Where are you going to next? Ah, good question. So in April, I'm going to the Dominican Republic and uh, Jamaica. And in uh, June, I'm going to Tanzania, Kenya. Where I'm going? In June? I actually don't know yet. I was thinking like June or July, somewhere between June through September, somewhere around that time. Oh yeah, we should talk offline because just like yeah, let's meet up because after Tanzania, so I'm, I have a project in Tanzania, and then I'm just continuing north to uh, Kenya, yes. uh, Ethiopia, and I do want to go to Somalia. So we'll see if the visa works out. <laughs> That's literally like my plan. So basically, I'm going on my honeymoon <laughs> that I never. Congratulations! Took. I never took it, so I was supposed to go last year, and it got all messed up. So oh, I'm yeah. like, all right, we're I'm gonna so go- sorry. I know, but uh, we're going to go this year and we're going to do some work out there too. And I was planning on, yeah, going to Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda. And I was thinking of like maybe Ethiopia, some like, I don't know. It depends on where this story is going to be. So definitely. yeah, I mean, I would love to go to Uganda, but I'm, I'm a big history nerd and like right. all of those cathedrals in Ethiopia and like the history of, you know, Christianity and Ethiopia and stuff is, is very interesting to me. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's a little higher on my list. I mean, Uganda and Rwanda, I definitely want to go to right? as well, but I just, I just don't think I have time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Ah. Yeah. What is the one interesting item that you take with you when you travel? Obviously not a passport, like not an obvious thing. Uh, I always take a moleskin journal with me, like a old school black moleskine journal. And I'm, you write all your thoughts in. Yeah, those are, you know, story ideas, like treatments, you know, um, shooting scripts, just like, like uh, the diarrhea from my brain goes into that journal pretty much. (laughs) I love it. Okay, we're almost to the end. Is there a piece of life advice that you can give to a younger you? If I could give myself advice, it would be to not cross off destinations because you don't think they're cool enough for you. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) 
my god yeah like i've been to destinations where i am just like man why didn't i come here sooner this place is awesome i should have listened to this person who who kept saying you know go here like do this because sometimes for me because i love like italy and i love france you know i tend to go back to those places a lot Whereas there's a lot of world to see. Yeah, if, if I had done that, maybe my country count would be a little bit higher too. Is there a location, like, is there a location that you feel like you haven't gone yet and you're really wanting to go? I feel like you've gone to like all these places over and over again. Like you're so like. Oh, I mean, it was embarrassing at dinner to be with my friend who literally has been to every single country in the world you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, you've been to Peru, right? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I haven't been to Peru. You've he's like, what? Peru? Yeah, I've never been to Peru. Can you believe that? And That's I've been to like. That's literally my favorite country. I've See? Ever See? You, <laughs> must, you must go to Peru. Like. Yeah. I was actually looking at flights and I was like, oh, maybe I could go to Peru or something like sporadically. <laughs> yeah, Peru, like New Zealand, oh Iceland. God. Yeah, I've not been to those places. You have to go to Peru. That's the top one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Where can we find you? You can go to angelstravellounge.com to find me. And on Instagram, I'm angels underscore travels. And that's angels with an S, right? A-N-G-E-L-S underscore. Correct. Travels also with an S. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Well, angel. Thank you so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends, and follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth. 